faith to me is one of the is one of my favorite subjects in the Bible. I love faith. It, it, think about it. What you don't have, you can get from God. He, he's got everything. So if you need finances, you can call on him and he's able to provide for you. If you need health and healing in your body, you can call upon him and he can grant it to you. Hallelujah. Joanne's uh, son, Kevin, just got healed the other day. He, he was in torment for how two months, three months. But God, yes, but God, when you call on the name of the Lord, he will deliver, he will set free, he will, he will restore your health. Amen. Amen. Marianne was talking about Mara Cirillo yesterday, 82 years old, and he had some kind of a flesh-eating thing on his leg, and it was all pulverized and raw and vasculitis. It was called, who cares what it's called, it just... He, <laughs> Lord, look. <laughs> Help. Ten months he was, he was bedridden and he couldn't move and he was tired. And he said, Lord, I'm 82 years old. I can't be healed anymore. Just take me up. And his wife said, oh, no, 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 no. We need you here. And so she prayed. And the next morning he woke up and guess what? He was completely healed. Doctors couldn't do it. No one could do it, but God could do it. It's a big step of faith to believe God and watch him work in your behalf when you can't do it yourself. Because we're, God is a covenant God. Did you, did you know that? Covenant means that we share his strengths with our strengths, our weaknesses. He doesn't have any weaknesses. But, but so th this was the way it was in the ancient days when he had farmers and they would make covenant with warriors because the warriors could defend them but they couldn't, they couldn't uh, farm, so the farmers would supply their food, and then when enemies came, the farmers would say, hey, warriors, come and help us. So they, they were in covenant with each other, helping one another. That's what a marriage is, too. You're, you're in covenant with somebody. Your strengths and, and, and your weaknesses get combined, and hopefully they don't fight. And <laughs> they don't fight. You know, you marry somebody because they're opposite than you. You, you so enjoy their, their oppositeness. But then when you marry him, you try to change him into the way you are. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? I remember when we first got married, my wife, she's very organized. And so I would do things and I wasn't organized. And she'd say, well, why don't you just organize it? And then after a couple of weeks, she said, you don't know how, do you? <laughs> I go, no, that's why I married you. You, you can organize it. And then I would help her with her driving. You know, you know, when she would do errands, do errands, she'd go from this side of the city to that side of the city, then back over. I go, no, 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 lay, lay it all out here like this, and we'll do a little diagram, and we'll just catch it all in one swing. So we help you. Hey, we help one another. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so, so God said He wants to help us with our finances and everything else. The Bible says that He withholds no good gift from us. He, he's not holding back. We just need to receive by receiving it by faith. It's the Father's good pleasure, he says, to give you the kingdom. He, he, he joys and he has pleasure in giving you the things that, you, that are promised to us. It says that um, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He, he gets all happy. He, he, think about when you have pleasure in things. That's the way the Lord, he's got a big smile on his face. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. They believed in me. They saw my provision. 
So faith is a vehicle that we use to transfer what God has uh, given us just by believing and trusting in him. Now let's look at this scripture right here. I'm sure you how this works. In Hebrews uh, 12.1. Is that guy going to make it or not, do you think, to the other side? I don't know. It looks pretty. Okay. Hebrews 12.1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, again, what comes first, faith or hope? Marianne knows hope comes first. In the sentence, faith comes first, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. First you hope, and then you put faith to it. How does that work? Well, you, you could be sitting in a service, and you hear somebody get a blessing. Maybe they get a house. Maybe they get a car. Maybe they get a promotion. You say, I, I, need, I want the Lord to do that for me. So now that you start putting your faith, believing and trusting in God the way they did, and see it come to pass. For instance, we had a first-time visitor a couple of weeks ago. She came in. She was needing a place to stay, and she heard Rosie's testimony of how she went to Switzerland, came back, and the owner of her property sold the property. And they said, well, you know, you better move. You got six, 60 days to move. So, of course, you know, that's kind of like frantic time, but not when you know the Lord, because what? The Lord knows what you need before you even ask or think. Amen? When you, got, when you saw the problem, it's not the first time he saw the problem. But he has a blessing right around you. So Richard and Sally had a place. They called her up and said, you know, we have a place here, but there's three other people ahead of you. She said, oh, okay, well, I'll put my application in. And she did. And lo and behold, the other three got rejected. And Rosie was right there. Moved right in. Got a truck from my friend that I play basketball with. We moved her in. She's got all, it's all nice and neat and tidy right now. And it just like God did it. So the lady, the first time visitor from two weeks ago, was sitting there saying, I wish God would do that for me. That's what hope. Then she said, I'm going to believe you, God, that you're going to find a place for me. But I'm content where I'm at. Whatever, but I would like to move, but I don't want to bother you, but I'm putting my faith out. So that Monday, she went driving around, found an apartment place that she liked. She, she went in to say, is there any openings? And the landlord said, well, no, there's no openings right now, but call back, you know, in time, and we'll see if we have anything. So a couple of days passed, she called back, and the, the lady said, no, we don't have any openings, but I feel like I should help you. <laughs> Does that sound like the Lord? Yeah. I feel like I should help you. <laughs> <laughs> And so she said, fill out this application. We do have one place, but there's somebody ahead of you. Well, she went back to what Rosie's testimony was. Hey, you know, there's people in front of me, but that doesn't, that's nothing for the Lord. Sure enough, the, the other person couldn't go in, and the lady called her and says, come, fill out the application. The place is yours. The only problem is you have to put $2,000 down. Oh, Lord, now here's another obstacle. <laughs> that wasn't in Rosie's testimony. <laughs> she only had $1,000. So out of the blue, sky blue, heaven blue, a friend called her up that hadn't talked to her for a long time and said, well, how are you doing? She said, well, I'm trying to move, but I can't really move. I found a place, but I'm short on cash. And the man said, I feel like I should help you. 
<laughs> well, she heard that before. That, doesn't that sound like God? See, if we had somebody on the organ here in, in the first church, it'd be do, 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 do. They'd be dancing, yeah, right? <laughs> he said, I feel like I should help you. I'll give you the money, honey. <laughs> so she's in. First time. So it's available to whosoever will, right? It's not how much time you put into the church. It's not how much you know in the Lord. It's what you actually put into practice. Praise the Lord. What you actually take take and do in faith. So we're going to talk about this right now. Look at this. Next scripture. Because how, how does faith work? Faith works by hearing and hearing the word of God. So it's not really up to you. Your faith is what you hear. If you're not hearing the word of God, you're not going to have any faith. But if you hear God, in the word of God is the uh, ammunition to have faith. It just is it's automatic. It's produced. So you just keep reading and reading and the promises over and over again and you'll see faith arise. And it's in Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. What's that? Is that? Did I read that right? Well, I don't, Pastor Chuck, I don't need faith. I'm fine where, where I'm at. I'm content. No, it says if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please him. I don't know why God works this way, but he likes us to step out and believe him in faith, right? When Peter was walking on the water, Jesus, you know, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. He said, I, I like to try that, Lord. Bid me to come. He said, Peter, get it back in the boat. Come on, which, we're not playing games here. No, he said, come on, come. Come on with your bad self. Let's see, let's see what you can do. And he's walking on water, and he fell into the water because he looked at the storm. What did Jesus say? See, I told you. You couldn't walk on water. That's me. That's my thing. That's my, I'm the son of God. No, he said, why did you doubt? Where is your faith? He wants you to step out. And we're going to find out how we do it. But it says here, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Here's the definition of impossible. Are you ready for this? Not feasible, unattainable, unachievable, can't win, impractical, implausible, far-fetched, outrageous, preposterous, ridiculous, absurd, unworkable, futile, just plain impossible to please God. You want to please God? Exercise some faith in something in your relationship, in your finances, in your work, somewhere. Please use some faith. It's impossible. And when I heard that, when I saw that last night and I was studying, that word impossible came to my mind. And does anybody remember that song, It's Impossible? By Perry Como, my mom's favorite uh, singer. And I tried singing it last night. And I'm no Perry Como, okay? <laughs> so I, I figured I'd call in someone that actually knows how to sing. <laughs> you forgot him up there? Yeah. Okay, run, run, run. So she, uh, she can sing, but she can't remember the words. <laughs> but that's okay. All she does is need the words, and she can sing. All right. It's impossible 
Tell the sun to leave the sky, it's just impossible. It's impossible. Ask a baby not to cry, it's just impossible. Amen. Beautiful. If you can take the sun out of the sky and ask a baby not to cry, that would be possible. But he, he's, the song says it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. How many people believe that God is? Is there a God up there? We know there's a God up there, right? But do we believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Rewarder. Rewarder. He rewards you for these kinds of things. I like that. So the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Let's look at the three steps here to operate in faith. We have to believe it, we have to say it, and we have to act on it. So the first two weeks we talk about believe it. Nothing is impossible to him that believes. God wants to challenge us in that. Well, you say, well, Pastor Chuck, you don't know my situation, okay? It really is impossible. The neighbors that I have, the boss that I have, the spouse that I have, whatever, it's just too hard. God didn't say all things are possible except for your situation, did he? He said, but you don't know my skills. You don't know, <laughs> like, I went back to school and a teacher, you know, gave me kind of like a low grade and I said, give me a break, okay? I haven't been to school in 45 years. Can you just give me a break a little bit? I don't know all the terminology. And I'd always start out <laughs> like getting 92s and 90s and stuff. And then towards the end of the course, I was able to get it up to 97. So I have a 94.4 GPA, which is pretty good. But I have to play catch up all the time. But he'll help you with your schoolwork. He'll help you with your relations. He'll help you with your finances. Whatever you need. Faith is believing that he will do it for you. So the first thing is to believe it. Believe it. Believe it goes from your mind to your heart to where you have grab hold of it and say, I know my God will supply my every need. I know my God will defend me. I know my God will stick up. For, I, I know it. Because you, you have it in your mind and then in your heart. You don't have to manufacture it. It's automatically produced when you hear the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the second thing is you got to say it, right? If you believe it, then you say it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you know your tongue has power to make things happen? More powerful than a locomotive. <laughs> Faster than a steaming bullet. Oh, that's a different... That's that. Yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> There is power, the same creative power that he used when he made the earth, the world. We have that same power. He gave it to us. He didn't say, pray to me about the situation. He said, you speak to the situation. You speak to the mountain. You speak to the sea. You speak to your turmoil. You speak to your finance. You speak to it. And when you do, he said, I'll back you up and I'll make it happen for your good. Try it. You'll like it. Amen. So whatever you're hearing from God, begin to say it. And the third thing is we have to do is act on it. Faith without works is dead. So that's what we're going to talk about today. When you have heard the word of God and you've been saying it, you have to believe that it's going to happen. Now, here's the th I'll take a little sidebar here. I've talked to some people this week, and they have the same question. How do you hear 
from God. How do you get his clear direction? You want to hear a little bit about that? It's very easy. I used to have a hard time hearing from God, only on certain occasions, but now I'm being able to hear him pretty regularly because I found out the secret. How many you know it's a secret? Because the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. That's what he said. If you're not hearing his voice, there's, some, there's a disconnect here. Because he promised that to us, that we could hear him. He wouldn't create us to hear him and then be speaking to all of his people all throughout the Bible and all of a sudden stop talking to you. No, he wants to talk to you. He wants to guide and direct you. So here's what you do, three steps. First, find a quiet place and quiet your spirit down. You can't have distractions. You can't have TV on and all that kind of stuff. A, a quiet place because it's a still, small voice that he speaks to us with. And then you... <clears throat> Praise him or read the word. Get in the spirit. Get in a, a place where you can uh, have your spirit lined up with his. And the third thing, very easy, is you write down what you think God is saying to you. That's the way the Bible was written. People, men of, men of old, would sit down and the, God would speak to them and they'd write the Bible. So too, he wants to speak to us that way. Now, at first you think, oh, you know, I don't know if that's God speaking to me or not. Don't worry about that. Just keep writing. And then you can discern later what's of God and what is of you. But in there has to be something that God's trying to tell you that you can act on. And you know what the voice sounds like? It sounds like what you hear when you read the Bible. When you read the Bible, you know how you hear the words on the inside of you? In fact, have you ever text someone and you read their text and it sound, you could hear their voice when they say it? Have you ever noticed that? Just the way they, they say it you, it, you you hear because you've been talking to them. When you're talking to the Lord and you're reading his Bible, he'll speak to you that way. And you'll hear it and you'll go, oh, okay. It's the same voice. So I was at the Christians Business Partners meeting last week. I, I told this last week, but there was, I, I sat down and there was a lady next to me. And the Lord told me, buy her, buy her lunch. I'm like, what? Buy her lunch? I barely even know her. And we're at a Christian business partners meeting. She should be able to buy her lunch, her own lunch, right? And he said, you know, like kind of like, hurry up, you know, buy, buy her lunch. So I leaned over and I learned how to do this where you say, the Lord told me to buy you lunch. Instead of me, I don't want to get credit for it. The Lord told me to buy you lunch. And she, thank you, I took her tab. As soon as I took her tab, they had a drawing to see who was going to present at the next business meeting. And they, they never draw my name at this place. I don't know why. There's so many people, 60 people. All of a sudden, I hear, oh, New Heart Church, Pastor Chuck, you're going to be the presenter next week. I go, whoa, look at that. I heard from the Lord. But it didn't sound like the Lord. It sounded like me talking to me. But it was the same voice I heard when I read the Bible, and I said, I'm going to follow that voice, because if I don't, I may not hear that voice again. He's going to stop talking to me. So the week afterwards, I asked her, I go, do you know why I bought you that lunch? I mean, you can afford it and everything. She goes, yeah, but I just felt so good the whole day long. You, you just made my day. I go, oh, that's what it was. And he says, yeah, and then you prayed for my back and I got healed and everything was fine. I was just felt so good. And so she was looking for me. She wanted to talk to me. She wanted to be in my presence because I was hearing from the Lord. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. <laughs> so it doesn't just stop here. This little girl right here, 
<laughs> the Lord began talking to her that she should go look for a new car. And of course, you know, dollar signs roll up. Oh, you know, I can't afford a new car. And, you know, why would I want to go get a car? I got a car. But slowly by surely, month by month, everything started going wrong with the car. <laughs> and the Lord said, go to this place and, and just look around a little bit. And so she looked at, she saw the car that she liked. It was a Kia Optima 2015. And she, you know this girl, I, I want to take her shopping with me when I, when I go buy cars. Because she, she says, this is what I want. This amount of mileage, I want a warranty, I want to pay this amount of much, uh, this amount per month, and that's all I'm going to do. And the guy showed her all kinds of things, and she's, no, 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 I'm not going to settle. I'm going to believe <laughs> what God has spoken in my heart. So <laughs> as she was getting, you know, to the place where she was going to turn it in, everything started really going bad. In fact, the steering wheel, she said, was really loose, you know, when you're doing it on the street. Like, whoa, you're like driving a boat or something. You know? <laughs> so she made it in there. She got everything she wanted. So she's driving a nice, big, bad machine today. Amen. God will speak to you to guide you in the place that you're supposed to go. But you got to do what? Act on it. Yes. You can't just sit at home going, okay, well, Lord, I appreciate that. I do need a new car, but, you know, just roll it on up here. <laughs> right? Now, Brother Dominic in the back there, the Lord was prompting him to, to change jobs. But he was secure and settled in where he's at. And he said, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm good here. Uh, maybe I'll just stay here for a while and see what happens. Well, you know, things started getting narrow at job and they wanted to overwork him and underpay him. And he said, no, nah, I, I can't do that. And we were talking because he was trying, they wanted to make a decision and he was interviewing for another place and he was trying to delay them and try to hurry the new place up. And, <laughs> and he said, the Lord's been talking to him for about a year. And finally it came to crunch time and so now he's the new district supervisor at Krispy Kreme Donuts. Amen? So God wants to talk to you. Did you know that? I want you to go home and I want you to practice letting the Lord speak to you by writing. And then after a while, you don't have to write anymore. It'll just come to you. And it'll feel like you, but it's actually the Lord, His Spirit mixing with your spirit speaking to you things that you need to know. Can I get an amen? amen. I can remember my beautiful wife when we first got married. Uh, it was kind of hard to bring two rivers together. <laughs> she wasn't seeing eye to eye with me. She wasn't seeing my eye, okay? <laughs> and, and so I, I said, you know... I got frustrated one day, and I usually don't do this, but I said, you know, I, I'm just going to go take a ride. You know, just, I, I need to step back a little bit. And usually, I'm not the one that does that. Usually, she's the one that does that. Usually, she, you know, I'm out of here for a while, okay? And I don't know if she's coming back. <laughs> you know? And so one time, she, she left the house, she got in the car, and I quick hopped in the other side of the car, and I go, where are we going? <laughs> She goes, we ain't going anywhere. I'm going, I'm going to take a drive. I go, no, no, we're married. We're going together. I don't care where you're going. So we drove around. We had a good old time, and everything was fine. But this kept, kept happening, you know, and I was getting tired of having to jump in the car. So I got smart. 
I, I, I don't know much about cars, but I heard that if you pull the distributor cap off, I saw it in a movie one time, that, you know, the car wouldn't start. So I saw her, you know, get a little, you know, you know, <laughs> antsy, and I go, uh oh, this could be it. So she's upstairs. I go into the car. I go, I know where the distributor cap is. I pull it off, and I go, and I sit on the couch. Da, 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 da. And she comes by, and I go, where are you going? She goes, I'm going for a drive. I'm out of here. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> so she gets in the car. It wouldn't start. She comes in. I go, what happened? No, the car wouldn't start. I go, okay, come in. Let's sit down and talk about this. I'm so sorry about that. And we, and we, you know, we made up. But this time, I'm the one that's leaving. I'm the one that's upset. I'm the one that's mad. And so I'm driving along, and the Lord speaks to me. He says, are you just going to teach this word, or are you going to do it? I said, I, I may try to do it, but I can't do it right now. I'm kind of mad. He goes, are you going to teach this only, or are you going to do it? I go, I want, I want to do it, but give me some time. I, don't, I can't really do it right now. I'm mad. Third time, are you going to teach it only or are you going to do it? And then I knew, okay, this is the Lord. Just like Peter, he asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Okay, I'll do it, but I don't feel like it. But I was just going on faith, feeling and knowing that the Bible says overcome evil with good. <laughs> I was the good. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so anyway, there was evil in the house. Okay, let's put it that way. I overcome the evil with good. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll buy her some flowers, but I'm not really that excited about it. Not, I don't have any faith to it, but I'll do it just because you told me to do it, Lord. So I went to the flower shop and I said, you know what? I'm going to buy flowers, but I'm not going to spend a lot of money. Okay? <laughs> Joe no financio. You know, I don't like to spend no money. It don't matter what it is. It doesn't like spending no money. So I looked at some flowers. I go, let's see, what color does she want? Blue. I know she likes blue. But blue alone is not that good. Let's put some green around it. That doesn't... Put some sprinkle white stuff. Okay. Then I started getting happy. Oh, that looks pretty... Oh, no, I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> so I'm coming home, and I can remember it to this day. The flowers in the front seat, and I'm driving, and I'm telling the Lord... I'm doing this only because you told me to. I don't really want to do it. Don't have any faith. Don't even know what's going to happen. But I'm just doing it. So I remember walking up the steps, going into the room. And there she is on the phone. She says, oh, yeah, my husband and I, we, we argue at times. But we still love each other. She looks over and goes, and here he is now with some flowers. She hung up the phone. We kissed. We made up. It was wonderful. I can't remember what we were arguing about. But God will speak to you and help you in your situations. But you got to be doer. What if I hadn't bought the flowers? Well, what have, we would still been mad, maybe to this day, I don't know. <laughs> but you have to make these actions. Faith is an act. Now let me show you in the Bible a little bit about how faith is an act. Let's look at uh, the next scripture, and Rosie's going to read for us. I'm going to read from Luke 6, 6, and 10. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue, 
and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Now, do you notice something that's missing in here? He just said, stretch forth thy hand. He didn't pray for him. He didn't ask him, do you want to be healed? He just said, do an act. Stretch forth. He said, are you going to heal me or not? I got a withered hand. What do you want? What do you want me to Just stretch. Okay. Oh, wow. Stretch forth thy hand. I know Kenneth Hagin talks about how he was on the bed of affliction for 16 months. And he kept believing God and, and, and sta standing on his word and saying, I am healed, I am healed. And finally he said, if I'm healed, I should get up and start walking. So he got up and started walking and all of a sudden lightning went all throughout his body and he was healed. Why? He believed it, he said it, and then he did something. Praise God. Yes. Now don't do something without at least believing and saying it, right? Let's look at this other scripture. This is going to be Joanne. Luke 17, 12 through 14. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So he said... Go and show yourself to the priest. What does that mean? That means that when you're a leper and you're healed, you go to the priest and you tell him, hey, check me out, I'm healed. But they said, we can't go to the priest because we're not healed. No, as they went, they got healed. That's why when we pray for somebody, we say, do something that you couldn't do before. Because you pray for them, they go, I, I, feel, I think I'm healed. Well, do something you can't, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's why they run around the block and all that kind of stuff. Faith is an act. I know Andrew Womack, I was listening to him on, on the radio, and he was saying, yeah, I had this sharp pain of arthritis, and it was hurting me. And I, I said, I'm not receiving. I'm arthritis, you cannot stay here. I'm healed. And he went on as if he was completely healed, and it went away. And I'm doing that with my knees. I'm just telling my knees, you are healed. You get better get in line, act right, and be healed. Praise God. Okay, here's one that I like. Acts uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Okay, Mary. Acts 3, 1 to 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Notice he's been lame from his mother's womb, never walked before, never ever walked. Okay, next, next slide. Acts 3, 4 to 6. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You notice there's no praying there at all? He commands, he speaks, he says, 
rise up and walk. He said, what are the, blind, what are the lame guys? I can't. I haven't, I've never walked before. What are you talking about? And I think that was going through his mind because look what happened in the next verse. Acts 3, 7 to 8. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, now this is a double miracle. He's never walked before for 40 years. All of a sudden, he gets prayed for. Not only is he walking, he's leaping. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you ever been on a long road trip in the car and you're sitting there for two hours or so? What, what happens? And you get out to stretch your legs and you're like, oh, wait a minute, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, two hours, this guy's 40 years. He hasn't even walked. He didn't even know how to walk. So it's a double miracle. Not only did he get healed, but he received strength. And so he was walking. And See, Peter, when he said, rise up and walk, the guy, guy wasn't walking, standing up. Peter grabbed him and said, get up, I tell you, get up. Faith is an act. Ernie, let's show him how, how this works. Now, they laid this guy at the feet. He can get up. <laughs> <laughs> He could hardly, I mean, he, he, uh, he was laid at the gate daily. That means Peter and John went by him a lot of times. But on this day, faith was in Peter's heart. So, you know, one day he'd walk by and... Alms. Yeah, 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 all right. Okay, cool. It's quiet, quiet. But this day, <laughs> this day he walks by and... And, he, and then he looks intently at him and he says, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Come on. Yeah. Praise God. Praise Jehovah. Thank you, Elohim. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can I see some leaping here? There we go. All right. <laughs> Walking and leaping and praising God. Now, I think the guy would be a little more excited than that. But anyway, you get the point, right? <laughs> he did good? I told him the way I would have done it is like this, you know. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. That's, that's walking and leaping and praising God, okay? Amen. Okay, let's look at the next one. I, I said, you know, Lord, there's a lot of scriptures here. He goes, I like the scriptures. So, okay, we're almost done. I just want to show you. Okay, look at Exodus, and that's going to be Gina. Yes, you do. Thank you, honey. <laughs> okay, Exodus 14, 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Do you know where they were? Ooh. You know, they're at the, at the Red Sea, right? Pharaoh and his army are coming after him. And Moses feels like preaching all of a sudden. You notice he says, uh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And what does God say? 
The next verse. 14. Yeah. Uh, Exodus 14, 15 through 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. He said, what, you what are you crying about? What are you preaching about? Stretch forth your rod so that I can part the Red Sea. What if he hadn't stretched forth his rod? God was handcuffed, right? What if you don't move out in what he wants you to do? He, you handcuff him. You limit him. He can't work in your behalf. If, if, if uh, Patricia. Patricia, I had it, I had it, <laughs> didn't go to the car dealer, she wouldn't have gotten her car. If the first-time visitor didn't go and look for an apartment, she wouldn't have found it. You've got to go out and believe that God is moving in your heart and in your life and watch him work. Amen? Amen. So uh, God, could God have, have, have uh, parted the Red Sea without the staff? Without Moses? Uh, could, could he have done it? He could, but he's not going to. Otherwise, he would have been kind of friendly. That's why God was telling me, hurry up, buy the girl the lunch so we can make the drawing. You know, there's timing in all this stuff. And, and the, the word of the Lord was kind of, you know, like, what do you call it? What's the word? Huh? It was, it was, it was you know, like, be prompt about this. Yeah, so hurry up. And that's what God is, God is telling God is telling them, telling them, what, what are you talking to people? I got to part this resume. Stretch forth your rod. Amen. <laughs> God's talking to Dominic, saying, can you get another job? Hurry up. What, you, they're coming down on you. <laughs> and he felt it all along. He knew it. But you got to, what, take a big step of faith. Okay, I don't want to go do this, but I'm going to do it, Lord, because you said to do it. Okay, two more scriptures. You ready? Joshua 3.13, Patricia. When the soles of the feet of the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth comes to rest in the water of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan flowing down from above will be cut off, and they will stand in one mass of water. Okay, so he said, I'm going to part the, the Jordan just like he parted the Red Sea. But this time it's a little different, isn't it? He didn't part it, and then they walked through. What did he say? You walk through... And when the water hits the soles of your feet, then I'll part it. Well, we don't want to go in there if it's, we don't have to. We don't want to get wet and then, you know, they come and get us. He says, I want to see your faith. This is a little different. I want to, you guys know how this thing works. You put your foot in the water and you watch it part. Isn't that good? So every time it's different. Okay, last one, Patricia. Oh, no, it's... Uh, First uh, Samuel 17, 48 through 49. When the Philistine rose and came forward to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand into his bag and took out a stone and slung it, and it struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone penetrated his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So I like this story because David is talking smack with a giant. <laughs> you know, I don't, they, they were on a two hills with a valley in between, and they were talking to each other for how long? Anybody know how long it was? Weeks. A week's a good guess. Two weeks. Two weeks a good guess. One day. A month, one day. Forty days. 
Of course, you know, 40 is God's number, one of God's numbers. And it was morning at night and night. The giant came out and said, all right, you guys, uh, send me your best guy and let's duke it out. Let's find out who's going to serve who. And everybody's like, oh, man, because this giant's nine foot, nine inches tall. You know, I, I saw Wilt Chamberlain one time in person, and I stood next to him, and I went, oh, my God. I was aghast how a person could be that tall. I mean, they called him Wilt the Stilt, and really, his legs were like forever, went like over my head. I'm going like, wow. Yeah, he was a big guy. So now Goliath, nine by nine, nine feet, nine inches, surely a little ruddy David well, should, have been, should have been scared, right? But they talk smack to one another. He says, come unto me. Or the Philistines said, you come to me with a stick. I'll, you know, take your carcass and feed it to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said, oh, yeah, you come over here. I'm going to do the same to you. I'm going to take your carcass and give it to the, <laughs> the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going I'm to knock you down. I'm going to kick you. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to do all kinds of things to you. He's talking smack to a giant. And I, re I did this skit with this one time where, where David cuts off the, the giant's head. And I did it with a petition like this. And you couldn't see what was behind here. And so I had a friend of mine who, who does uh, movies made a head that looked like the guy that I was doing the skit with. So I cut his head off and I lifted up the head like this. And here it was just a head, you know. And I, didn't, I forgot the children's church kids were in there. And they were like, oh, no, what a pastor. No. <laughs> so I learned from that. I'm not going to do that one anymore. <laughs> But I want to show you here what I have underlined. After they're talking all this smack, and, and the Philistine rose and came forward to meet David. What did David do? Ran away. Said, I got it. I'm, he's after me. I'm going to go behind a bush. I'm going to shoot from behind here. That way they can't. No, what did he do? Ran quickly toward the giant. When I first heard this kind of message, you have to run towards your problems. You have to call your debtors. You have to confront the situations that you need to face because God is with you. Amen? He ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand into his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. What are the odds of that happening anyway? I mean, some of us can't even hit a paper basket with a wad of paper, let alone take a slingshot and hit this guy, bam, right into the forehead. And he fell down on the ground, but he wasn't dead yet. David went over there and made sure that head was cut off, that, that the Philistine was dead. A lot of times we think we beat our problems, we think we beat our addictions, we think we beat the depression that we're facing, but it tries to rise up again. Kill it all the way and give God the glory. Yeah. Amen? So what do we do? What do we learn today? We have to believe it by hearing the word of God. We have to say it out of our mouth, and then we have to act on it. So if you have situations in your life that you're facing Take these three steps of faith and take the big step of faith and let God back you up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for hearing us today, giving us a message so that we can go forth and do those things that you've called us to do, being strong and bold in the power of your might. So we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for all that you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.